Welcome to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. This week, the Spin Bunch discusses the long-forgotten art of making friends. Why are male friendships looked down upon, and why can't women have platonic friendships with men without people assuming there's a romantic interest? We'll dive headfirst into this topic, which shouldn't be nearly as controversial as it is. At the end of the podcast, we'll tell you how to download a free MP3 from the Alliance. Today on Mortification of Spin, we want to discuss something that's really uh, going to be a foundation to something we're going to be discussing in future podcasts. It's become very clear over recent months, uh, in fact, you know, the last few years, that uh, issues of sexual identity and sexual orientation are extremely significant, both in the wider culture and more and more within the church. And in recent days, we've seen the rise of the, the, the gay celibate movement uh, within the church that is posing all kinds of interesting and challenging questions uh, to the, the conservative evangelical church. Uh, many of those answers are not immediately obvious as we, we work, you know, we works in progress on this. But it seems that as we, as we talk about uh, sexuality, as we talk about sexual identity, we talk about relationships, uh, we have to go back a stage. Part of the problem, it seems, in contemporary society is that relationships have been reduced to the sexual, that it's very difficult to, to talk about relationships between men and men, men and women, women and women, without very quickly finding oneself being pulled into talking and thinking and categorizing these relationships in sexual terms. In other words, what we seem to have lost in recent years is the concept of friendship. Uh, friendship is a biblical category. We know that uh, the Lord himself uses it as an analogy when we're told that uh, God spoke to Moses as a man speaks to his friend. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, tells his disciples that he uh, no longer calls them servants, but friends. Friendship is an important and a powerful biblical category. Within the pages of Scripture, it is not primarily or necessarily a sexualized category. So we want to talk today a little bit about what friendship means, how we can go about recovering a rich concept of non-sexual friendship for the church to provide us with a category that may actually then be very helpful when we come to talk about issues of sexual identity within the bounds of the church. So having given that uh, uh, rambling preamble, I throw it open to my, my two co-hosts, otherwise known as The Others, uh, Tom and Amy. <laughs> your pastor friend, your nameless pastor friend and, and, uh, and writer of, of, of books. Well, you know, I, I think you're right in that um, uh, relationships today have become uh, synonymous with some sort of a, uh, a sexual undertone to it, almost as if you know now if if you go all the way back in history to say Jonathan and David um and then all the way forward from there to uh to say Abraham Lincoln apparently all the men who had male friends were gay 
um, because the way that men wrote about their relationships oftentimes in past ages uh, was emotionally charged, uh, deep connection of friendship in a way that now makes men uncomfortable and would cause us, uh, as we've seen in modern biographies of some of these individuals, to just assume they must have been homosexual. Um, when, it, when in reality, uh, perhaps we're wrong about that, and what was actually being reflected was, was what should have been considered a healthy, emotionally deep and rewarding relationship between two male friends. Yeah, one of the most dramatic examples from recent years uh, is the story of Cardinal Bonhoeffer. Newman and Ambrose oh. St. John. Um, when Cardinal Newman died, he wanted to be buried with his very close friend, mm. Ambrose St. John. Well, in, uh, in 2008, when the church was going through the canonization process, the Roman Catholic Church was going through the canonization process of uh, Cardinal Newman, it was decided to dig Newman up and bury him separately. And a man called Peter Tatchell, who is quite frankly one of the most despicable figures generated within the English political uh, culture of the last 50 years. Mm. Peter Tatchell got all up in arms about this, how this was homophobic, and it was an attempt by the church to cover up this gay relationship between Newman and St. John. Mm. Complete nonsense. Complete nonsense. And in fact, I would say an act of gay imperialism. Hmm. that here was a man, Peter Tatchell, incapable of reading the world or any other relationship in any way that was not commensurate with himself. So right. it was ironic on so many levels that you have this trendy left-wing uh, politician engaging in real sexual imperialism and hmm. anachronism and completely misunderstanding the nation, nature of the friendship between Newman and St. John, hmm. which fits exactly with what you were describing there, Todd. Yeah. Deep, emotional, non-sexual, right. intimate connection between two men in the 19th century. Yeah, And I can't help but wonder, uh, and this is obviously pure speculation, but um, I, I, I wonder if in some cases um, homosexuals are uh, – that, that homosexuality in, in some cases is, is perhaps at least in part the result of, of men never knowing um, a healthy, non-sexual, emotionally close relationship with other men. In other words, men need male affection. Men need appropriate non-sexual, healthy, affirming male affection. We need that. We need that from our father. We need that from our brothers if we have brothers. And we need that from our friends. And it's gotten to the point where, and, and this may say more about me than the issue itself, but if I'm with a guy out maybe getting a drink somewhere or, or, or getting lunch sometime, you almost feel like you've got to talk about your wife out loud so that people don't think that you're both on a date, which is ridiculous <laughs> really? and juvenile. But well, is this why you... I'm sitting at a Mexican restaurant with, with one of the guys on staff and going, oh, well, I wonder how my wife's hard. doing right now or, or, or something <laughs> like that. But it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Is this well, why you never I let me into your house, by the way? This is why I never let you into my house, Carl. I don't want the neighbors talking. No, but I think one thing that you two are getting at here is um, this whole idea of intimacy and how we've so connected it only with sexual sex. intimacy. Yeah. Intimacy, and everybody needs intimacy. So, and and friendships are are an intimate thing. So we need to to talk about how sex is not the only expression of intimacy, and you know, not just for homosexuals, but um, heterosexual singles as well, and for married people who have friendships other than just with their spouse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how we can have intimacy with others in a healthy way. Right. 
Well, clearly, you know, if you if you read letters between men, say in the 19th century, they were either all gay, or there was actually a practice of male friendship that was deeply rewarding emotionally and non-sexual. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably the latter. Mm-hmm. And I think that touches on on the biblical teaching on human nature. I mean, we live in a world that's really very much dominated by post-Freudian thinking, right. where humanity has been reduced to to sexuality, whereas the Bible clearly teaches that sex is a great and a good thing, but it is not necessary. Adam was a human being before Eve was created. Now, there is something beautiful about the union of a man and his wife. There's something beautiful and and fulfilling and consummating about the union of Adam and Eve. But Adam was a human being before the arrival of Eve. And I said this from the pulpit in my church a few weeks ago. If you're not a sexually active person, it doesn't mean you're less of a human being, whatever the wider, promiscuous, amoral culture is trying to tell you. Yeah. And our young men, our sons, our sons need to see men in close, um, intimate relationships with other men, non-sexual. They need to see that there is a category for friendship, a category for intimacy that is not defined by sex, but by close, appropriate human interaction. And oftentimes, I think now, men have suffered because, because of how sexually charged everything is. Mm-hmm. We don't have many, if any, of those kinds of, of friendships and we're impoverished because of it. Yes, yeah. certainly. Well, and, you know, just thinking of this, this whole humanity part, we're new creations. So if, if we're looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth, um, we're still going to be sexual beings, but we're not going to be, um, you know, partic- participating in the act of sex in heaven, but we still have this relationship that endures of brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, I think we really need to be able to not only model that now, but, you know, really, truly live that towards the future. That's our future hope mm-hmm. of our relationships with one another. Yeah. And I, and I can't help but wonder if a part of um, being healthy, um, uh, sexually speaking, as, as, as men think about uh, the various drives and about the, 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 the prevalence and prominence and accessibility of, of for instance, of, of pornography, I wonder if a part of healthy uh, male sexuality is knowing how to have deep, profound relationships with other men um, that are that are appropriate. I, I don't know. I just I just think that as I look at male friendships today, they seem to be constituted a bit differently than perhaps in ages past. I mean, uh, Carl won't even let me hug him when I see him. Yeah, I was going to bring up the, the phobia. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he, I mean, I can't even touch <laughs> the guy. Hey, he we compromise. All I said you, out. you you could fist pump me at a real push, but I'd rather okay. just I'd rather just shake hands if that's okay. <laughs> that, that's an English thing. That's an English yeah. thing. Don't it's like true. bodily I mean, contact. I mean, you know, I start walking towards Carl with my arms outstretched wide, and I can see his skin starts immediately to begin to crawl. Oh, my like wife that. has to give me twenty four hour warning if she wants to hug me. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, but I I. This will. I'm curious to see how this will kind of play out because, as as Carl and Amy have already said, we're going to be discussing some of these issues related to identity um, in the days ahead. Just because uh, we're being hit with it now, um, how much of our identity is defined by sexual activity? I I, I think we've gone down some unhealthy roads on this. Mm. 
Yeah, and it's and and it's hard to rebuild. I mean, the rebuilding has to be done on two levels. I think we need to reinstate the concept of friendship because right. we need that when we're going to be discussing things like sexual identity, mm-hmm. gay and celibate. These kind of issues, I think, are helped when you have a a robust concept of friendship available yeah. to use in the discussion. The more pressing practical question, of course, is well, how do you implement this? How do you how do you cultivate deep friendships with people of the same sex and indeed you know good friendships with people of the opposite sex it's hard to do that uh, in 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 the world in which we live i'm not a big fan of the kind of iron john men's groups right. at, at churches uh, but i do think one has to be intentional in in seeking out good friends and Developing good friendships and relationships. I, I think it's all about going into the woods, banging a drum, and killing an animal with your bare hands. I think if we get that right, we've got it solved. You've been talking to Rick Phillips again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it well, is a hard yeah. thing. I mean, we're always called to do the harder thing. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we need to make that commitment and be intentional about it as a church. I yeah. truly and, believe. Yeah. And to be reminded, the Bible does give us by example categories of male friendship that were close and mm-hmm. deep and profound mm-hmm. and pure and yeah. male um, and female friendships sure. mm-hmm. even but jesus yeah. with mary yeah, and Martha, yeah. lazarus A- absolutely absolutely yeah. and yeah. and the church ought to be able to model that well and it will be rewarding it's mm-hmm. not just work by any it, means it will be you know, truly rewarding absolutely well, we're, uh, we're glad you were able to join us for this discussion. We look forward to future discussions that are connected to some of these ideas and categories as we think about human relationships, as we think about sexuality, homosexuality, and how the church can speak into these very, very important issues. Hope you've been helped by this, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. The Alliance is a coalition of pastors, scholars, and churchmen who hold the historical creeds and confessions of the Reformed faith and who proclaim biblical doctrine in order to foster a Reformed awakening in today's church. Make sure to visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, to download Feast or Famine, a sermon from Phil Reichen. Tune in to Mortification of Spin next week as Carl, Todd, and Amy talk with Dr. Kent Hughes about pastoral ministry and preaching. One of the, the things that I most admire and appreciate about Dr. Hughes is that this is a man who's been in the pastor for a long time and has spent long periods at one place. And that is an increasingly rare thing. What would you say uh, to a pastor or to a student studying to be a pastor about how to preach through pain, how to preach when your heart is breaking, perhaps over a period of time. And and that source of heartbreak could be in a number of things. That's all next week on The Spin. And don't forget to visit mortificationofspin.org to download your free MP3.
I mean, again, looking at the new creation, we won't be partaking of that then, but we'll be more women, womanly and more feminine than ever. And I hope, well, I hope that. I hope not for me. Uh, <laughs> I will I be more feminine in heaven than I've ever been. <laughs> I mean, guys, it's hard I've to imagine Todd and myself being more macho or masculine, of course. You know? Guys, I've got good news. You're going to be more feminine in heaven than you've ever been. You're going to be more woman-like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I keep telling Katrina, I'm a little bit of heaven on earth, but she doesn't believe it. <laughs> 